Hello, hi. Attention, everyone. This is going to be a great show. And it's the choice of a new generation. Corrupting the minds and the hearts of our children. And now, broadcasting live from Music City, USA. From pop culture to sports, from music to movies. Brian, Dan, and Zach got you covered. Crack open your brain hole and get ready for After Dark Sports. Wait, what? Yeah, that, that doesn't sound right, man. I'm going to change it. So crack open your brain hole and get ready for sports after dark. You see, that sounds awesome. Here's your hosts of Sports After Dark, Brian, Zach, and Dan, whose last names I don't know because it wasn't in the email. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of After Dark Sports. This is Dan Bradley, Brian Robertson, Zach Williams here. Three guys that are just currently watching the Major League Baseball draft with such anticipation. This is a blast, guys. Why have we not covered this before? I didn't get to uh, uh, do my AK. Local hero was uh, uh, no, 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 it's new one this year or th- this week. Uh, Zach Williams, aka Greg Poe's best friend. That's right. a he- that's a heavy title, sir. Yeah. No pun intended. There it is. It's going to keep changing. Wait All till right. I have it for Johnny Franks. <laughs> But anyway, back to we're watching the draft. You know, it's 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 riverdy. It, it's when we were we were did a little, we um you met up with me in the common area uh, downstairs here, and uh, it, it we're going through. Uh, this is like the most like the peak you know nerddom right here. I'm going through the major league baseball uh, salaries, just the payrolls and such. We just saw the pick of the Padres, and before the Padres pick, you know we 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 follow baseball in this room. We were asking ourselves who they're going to pick. Because there's, you know, McKay out of Louisville, there's Kyle Wright, there's uh, Will Toffey. There's a lot of, you know, good college players. And of course, you know, this being the Vanderbilt Baseball Station, we're aware, much more aware of the college players. So we just kick it around there. Oh, they're prob- you know, the Padres are picking. The Padres are definitely committed to suck this year. Probably going to pick some high school player we've never heard of. And sure enough. Some high school player from North Carolina no one's ever heard of. Pretty much. All three, the first three picks are all high school players, correct? Yeah, and only one that is uh, anybody knows, Hunter Green. In California, yeah. To to have the numbers to back up my claim that I said the Padres are committed to suck for the foreseeable future, the San Diego Padres this year are paying players paying more money to players that are not on the roster than players that are currently on their roster, including Matt Kemp, including <laughs> Matt Kemp. And right now, uh, as we're talking about this, mm-hmm. everyone's pausing our podcast because we're talking about the MLB draft. Pretty much. <laughs> Can we? Let's. Hey, how was your weekend, guys? How was the last time? This is episode what? Episode seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Episode seventeen. How, minus what happened. To, uh, spoiler alert: We're you know it's 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 Monday. You know, yes, we're in the after Blue zone. Blue Monday. Yeah, we're in the after zone right now. Uh, but minus that, how was the last time since we've seen each other? How was um, how have y'all been, boys? Stuff definitely happened. Stuff yeah. definitely happened. Brian, you, I see you yeah. every day now. Yeah, I see you every day as well. But yeah, stuff happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We don't want to talk about it, but we have to. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna. Uh, we're gonna talk about that later. I, you know, it's before we even say what it is, right? Everyone knows what it is. Everyone yeah. knows what it is. We, but we can dance around all we want. It's our uh, podcast. Here's, here is um, I watched a Believe Land, the uh, ESPN thirty for thirty, and to my opinion, that's one of the best ones they've done. And there's a scene where uh, there's this clip where Arsenio Hall is uh, is talking about. There's so many things in sports when you look up the name of the of the shot or the catch or the drive or the fumble so many of those circle back to cleveland and i, th- I got a good chuckle out of it and then the next night um it's the it's preds 
Penguins game six, and we finally have our own the the whistle. The whistle. Once again. The damn whistle. Another uh, I mean it's yeah, you know, everybody loves I can to put deal with losing, stuff. man. I've come to work every day with my Jacksonville Jaguars Publix bag, <laughs> knowing that anything inside this bag, this is a theft deterrent. Anything inside this bag is gonna disappoint anybody who tries to steal it. That's okay? true. So I, I know going in my team is probably not going to win every single game. I can deal with my team losing. I have accepted, hey, more than likely, my team will not win every single year, and that's okay. One thing I don't like, though, is just knowing, just in the in the back of your mind, either the broadcast crew or the league themselves aren't going to do anything to remotely help you. In fact, quite the opposite. We saw it in the uh, in the Western Conference Finals when you had the toolback Mike Milbury, which we'll get into that here in a little bit too. Nashville gave him a nice welcome back. Yeah, that was funny. Um, giggling and snorting whenever uh, Ryan Johansson was getting elbow shotted by Ryan Kessler and Kessler being praised, you know, vociferously throughout that series. Ooh, big word. And then you have, you know, uh, Sidney Crosby, fancy boy there, bouncing PK Subban's skull off the ice, and you, mean you know, MVP. Yeah, he he had it coming. He did not deserve MVP. But no. of course, we'll talk about you that. You know what? No, let's go ahead and get out the Preds talk now. Let's go. I, we're throwing our show notes aside, you know, peeling the onion back here. Let's go ahead and get it out let's right get, off let's the bat. Let's get just out of the urge way. it out. Let's get out of the way. So, since we talked. <laughs> you know what? Can we put a. Can we, can we just cuss? Can we put. How do we. Can we edit this? But if you want to put in all the work or anything like that, That's but true. I know one thing: we uh, can't drop f bombs or. Uh, therefore, GDs. we can't play. That, therefore, we can't play the audio of the guy behind Milbury. There after we go. The yeah. game. Now, see, you got, I'm glad you <laughs> caught my bit. <laughs> I actually had a whole thing like you know Brian's you know, one of the best producers in Nashville, and even he doesn't have the time to go through and get and scrub this for audio. No, was, I can't because I gotta get ready for Johnny show tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> so I don't have time to do it. This will be the best 45 minutes of your life right here, just going. You through. know, and it. We all. I mean, it's. It was very clear. And it's been everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, all that place. It's been getting it's been getting shot out. But oh my gosh! I mean, who else deserves it? Who else deserves that? You know what I mean? That, why why is it that that guy's okay to go out and say crap like that, and he still has a job? I don't think you should fire him. Honestly, I don't believe that. But it's just it's such a one sided. Clearly, I hate that player. That takes away all biasness that goes away. All the bias, or actually, no, a non-biasness that goes away from the whole NBC broadcast. I don't care if it's just one guy. That one guy ruins it for the whole rest of the broadcast. I mean, Jeremy Roenick's a bit of a tool bag as well, but he's at least, you know, tries to keep it somewhat level. It was, this is the same guy in Mike Milbury that fired Peter Laviolette for underachieving at the Islanders. And and that's that's the whole thing there, that's too. That's the whole chain of Laviolette going to the, going to the Hurricanes, winning a title with them. Going to the Flyers, going to another Stanley Cup final, and then yeah. here another Stanley Cup final. It shows you how how many achievements Mike Bilberry's has. Bilberry ran executive. He ran the Islanders into the ground. I mean, this is. I mean, there's a reason like, why he's many, an analyst and not a acting general manager. How many times have they been threatened to move since he's been there? Because they've been so bad, the Islanders. Oh, they've yeah, at least three or four times. And, you yeah. know, it's it's just another black eye for hockey media in my eyes. It's just like it's it, you have that guy going up there. You can't put somebody who's unbiased. You can't put somebody that won't bring their emotions into their broadcast because we all are broadcasters. We've all been there. Where yeah, you may not like a player, even as play by play and sideline reporters and whatever color. You know, there's a guy like, hey, I hate that coach. Still going to talk like that coach is just a friend, like that's per- just the facts are going to get stated out. You don't inject your own, you know, bullshit feelings onto it, which is clearly what he was doing. And that, that 
make doesn't even make me mad as a Predators fan. It makes me mad as that's somebody who's doing something that I'm in that same field, and it's like, how is he getting glorified? To me, it proves that not enough people are watching NBC Sports because if this was on any other network, he would have already been fired. Exactly. If he was on ESPN, especially given the climate that ESPN is in right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, man, they love fire people right now. And, well, not even that, but just like how ESPN's kind of been known to lean a little bit more towards the social justice side, yep. right or wrong. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Milbury would have already been fired. I mean, you look at someone like Barry Melrose, who's very vanilla. I mean, he yes, he's you know he probably walked out of the womb in a pinstripe suit. Credit Alex Darty for that one. <laughs> he, you know, he's got enough grease in his hair to probably lubricate a eighteen uh, wheeler, but he is very vanilla. But and if he when didn't you're look the, like that, he just if he didn't look like he did, you wouldn't even know who he was. And when you're the guy in broadcasting, like he is for hockey in in ESPN, you have to be, you have to be. And and Milbury's on the TV. He's got a Stanley Cup final. You can't sway both ways. Or, sorry, you can't sway just one way. you got to sway both ways. And hockey guys are known for that. I mean, I know uh, Rick DiPietro and Tyson Nash and some of these other guys that are trying to eventually fill Bill Barry Melrose's spot are all going the whole flamboyant jacket route. And, and whatever's fun. You know, I'm all for fun in sports. It's rare these days, apparently. So <laughs> It's just, you know, it's just... I'm glad uh, uh, I'm glad he had three cops around him. I'm glad that he had to look around his back at Bridgestone because a catfish probably could have ended up towards him. He pretty much ended on the TBS most wanted list after he made that comment. So. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? It, what a better feeling that the white... Where is he from? Where's Boston. He, oh. <laughs> I mean... Kill me! <laughs> jokes just write themselves here. Good thing that he comes into the South becomes the racist guy that hates the black guy skating on ice in the South for the team that, I mean, represents the South. And, hey, look, Kyle Wright just got drafted by the Braves, so we'll be hearing him more here on 560 AM. Woo! Yay! <laughs> It'll be, what, three years before he makes the Major League roster? Uh, you don't know that. Braves given, could shoot him out tomorrow. Given the current Braves <laughs> will stay the race rotation, that's currently possible. Well, they brought up Sean Newcomb over the weekend. He did pretty good, even though they lost. So even I can live with my team losing. I can live with that. I, I'm used to that. I mean, the teams I follow, you know, none of them are particularly great. I mean, Florida football has you know more good years than bad years. Same with basketball. But I don't like the fact that number one, NBC took particular joy in in the Anaheim series. I don't like the fact that you know Sidney Crosby can do no wrong. Sidney Crosby's a great player, but contrast him with some of the other great players that we've seen throughout the years in whatever sport. And he, it's almost like he knows he has a longer leash than anybody. That's the part that bothers me. And also, I don't like the fact that the Predators lost on an egregious, egregious officiating miscue. Now, they tried their best to make it up. They tried their best. You know, they gave him some power plays. Now, granted, the Predators weren't playing particularly dirty that night, so there weren't a whole lot of power plays to go out either way. And, frankly, it's Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final. You're not going to call anything unless there's a limb missing. But to lose that way is is incredibly disheartening and now we have one of those and plays to a former about. predator at that too yeah I, I wasn't as upset about horn if it was kunitz i would have been mad because kunitz was playing like an sob the whole night kunitz was going well, to he was playing like a jerk the entire series yeah he was the exchange with him and ekholm that got caught was pretty amazing Ek, they tried to fight each other and ekholm's like no nah, you're a fourth liner <laughs> that's that's a deep burn it's just yeah and you know what going back to it's it's okay to lose because, yeah, is Pittsburgh the better team skill-wise? Yeah. Yes. But that is not why we lost. No. They 
the Predators had were playing a very good game. Matt Murray had an excellent game. Let's not take anything away from Matt Murray. That was one of the best. I mean, when was the last time you saw that good in a finals of goaltenders? Uh, I wouldn't say the goaltending in this series has been particularly good. I'm talking that about just this game, last game. That last that, game, yeah, that was really good. That was some throwback, and that was 90s hockey right there. That was a lot of 90s hockey. Um, but as a whole, though, both goaltenders had their, their struggles this time around. And, you know, it's just going back to the whistle. It's how how can there not be a way, and I need, and I'm really talking to Dan here, how can there not be a way for them to say that's a good goal? They've built safeguards into their own officiating programs where there is, there is video replay review. They used it earlier in the year in October in a game between Calgary and Buffalo when they overturned it. They just chose not to review this. So that's going what, against their own rule book, so that shows you why a lot of Nashville fans are pretty upset today about it. And no excuse. No, there is no, no reason. There's no real excuse for this. There really is. No, isn't. I'm saying they gave no excuse. They gave no reasoning for it. No, right? they still I'm haven't given an exp- explanation exactly. if yeah, Forsberg was offsides in game one. And you could go back to that, literally the first game they and the last a, game. They posted a video on that, but nowhere in the video did it show conclusive proof that he was offsides. Yeah. You know, and another thing, too, because remember last week we talked about how butthurt Pittsburgh fans were and everything, and they have the gall to call Nashville fans classless after last night. Hey, they've been classless the entire se- the series. You know, it, it's Yeah, I understand that losing. you're not supposed to throw things on the ice when your team loses. Well, guess but what? They, <laughs> that's a part I of think, That's our trope. I think they have a right to boo the team that won the Stanley Cup on their home ice and boo Sidney Crosby. And boo the NHL. And, yeah. And yeah. boo Gary Bettman. Yeah. I think that I mean that's completely Bettman's babies. Just made he I loved it when they showed him out there on the uh on the cam, you know, just showing it right before the game ended and everything. And you know there's underneath that suit there was a there was a Crosby tattoo or something like that. The inner where he's talking with Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and both of them just look away and just sheer disgust, like I am through talking with you. Faith Hill just could not hide her emotions, just like Egh. as soon as she looked away. I think it was with Luke Bryan. Huh? I think it was with Oh Luke yeah, it was Bryan. Luke Bryan, yeah. Man, Luke. Okay, Luke Bryan did the intermission interview, and bless his heart, you could tell like he just got through performing because like his adrenaline was yeah, still going. Yeah, he's probably a little bit bearded up. And I he, thought at first he was he was every word he said was very methodical. Like he was trying his best not to drop an f bomb or something. Just I, you know, I thought he was going to come out and be like, "So, Milbury, why do you not like Subban really?" Because <laughs> when he first started that, he talked about how the fans reacted to him and stuff. And I would have loved it if, if he wanted to really if with, he could break the bo- the bro country mold, right? If he just comes out and was like, "So, Milbury, what's your problem with Subban?" And all of Nashville would have fell in love with Luke Bryan. I had no idea Luke Bryan was forty. Really? I, yeah, he doesn't about, look 40. I got a 15-year-old. That's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he looks like he's about 30. I mean, Tim McGraw came out there, and it looked like he was. they were actually wheeling out Madame Toussaint's uh, version of Tim McGraw <laughs> wearing a turtleneck. Oh, Is he man. Bruce Wayne? <laughs> that, was kind of a, that was kind of a weird weird look there. Oh, man. So I, have, I stumbled on the uh, Luke Bryan Wikipedia page. <laughs> Who? <laughs> so it, you can't try, don't even we can't even actually try using that right now as a reference you know how many times that's been altered Tail, and tailgates and tan lines country girl shake it for me i don't want this night to end drunk on you kiss tomorrow goodbye crash my party that's my kind of night drink a beer play it. yeah wow I have, <laughs> okay. I have been drunk to each one of those songs multiple times <laughs> hendersonville <All> yes right. <laughs> chattanooga no it's oh, way okay. worse i promise oh, you. oh okay <laughs> you you get you get south down there by blue hole and soddy daisy you're gonna only hear that <laughs> those kind of songs the lasting impression from this run and 
for me is going to be just those sweeping camera shots of uh, of downtown of uh, those those watch parties over at Walk of Fame Park. Those uh, you know, with, with the fact that there was more people in downtown Nashville to watch the hockey game on a screen than there were in Nissan Stadium for arguably the biggest annual event Nashville hosts. Yeah, and the biggest thing in Nashville. What's I mean, literally the music city. Yeah, was I getting mean, outshadowed by hockey. That was that's one of the biggest things for me. I'm going to take away from all this is just how, um, uh, just how the city has finally. I mean, it wasn't. No, I, I, let me take that back. I don't like it when people say, "Oh, the city's finally wrapped their arms around the team." No, 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 no. The city's been pretty well supporting the Predators for the last ten years, especially the last five or six since the uh, 2011 playoffs uh, when they won the when they won around for the first time. I remember after they beat Anaheim and not going home till four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Mm. I mean, I remember being out at the stage in the second story over there, and just you know, like some of the players walked in immediately afterwards, and you know, it was a it was a wonderful time. The the what's going on downtown now is is, is a bit different. What what went on this series was is a bit different. It's a bit heavier, and knowing that it wasn't necessarily that the the team finally got the support it needed from the community, but it felt like the team gave it kind of validated the community's support, and more people jumped onto it. And it was an excuse. This area just wants something to cheer for. Uh, Spencer Hall, SB Nation uh, writer, quoted to say that uh, that Nashville and Birmingham are the only two media markets in the South that would watch two raindrops drop falling down a window racing each other. Us in <laughs> <and> Birmingham. <laughs> just there's that competitive nature that uh, – Well, it thrives here. Get, yeah. You know, it, what, you can say Tennessee volunteer fans, which is Nath- Nashville's a, a plenty of them, are some of the most loyal fans to their brand. Yeah. And, I mean, it transfers. That's why I fully believe you. Why is Bridgestone so crazy? It's a bunch of NFL fans. College. College fans, NFL fans, that that, football fans in general, that showed up to a hockey game and liked it. It's a lot of SEC roots there. Exactly. Mm A whole lot of SEC roots That's why every time you see them play again, the entire playoff run, it felt like it was a college football game the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what, is, what are college football games? Parties. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's especially a, it's SEC a, games. It's a day long thing, and that's something that we're used to here. I, I'm going to use a comparison from my own heart on this. I truly believe this is the 2014 Royals. I think there's some truth to that. I think, and I think we're going to see the 2015 Royals next season with the Preds. They got to do a couple of things. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it after the break. Some of the, t- the tweaks the Predators may need to make to their roster. I definitely think better days are ahead, and. Um, I don't I mean I, I, it kind of feels a little uh, painful to close the book on it this way, but uh, definitely think better days are ahead for the Predators. Coming up after the break, we'll talk a little bit about the um, about what what's next for the Predators. Also, get into the NBA Finals because someone on the station has to. And talk about how the Tennessean really screwed up. Yeah, we can talk about that too. College baseball and some Canadian football news today. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. big news, big news. <laughs> I have here. never been more excited about more a the heart in Nashville ever. <laughs> You're listening to After Dark. And welcome back into After Dark Sports. Give us a follow on Twitter at After Dark Sports and also our respective uh, personal Twitters at Zachariah W. Brian Robertson underscore. At Dan D. Bradley. And uh, 
Are we? I mean, do we, do we keep talking about it? Do well, we keep talking about really? Well, the, I, the, th- the question that everyone's going to ask about this is that you know we because we, we saw the Titans get close, and then eventually every year afterward took a step back, took a step back, took a step back, and then they went on their one run to the conference championship, took a step back. So the question that I get asked a lot anymore is, what happens next year? Because everyone knows that there's some contracts up right now. You have the expansion draft looming, which is a completely bit of new territory for the Predators. They, we haven't been in the league when there's a you know, an expansion draft coming around because they're the Predators were exempt from the uh, from getting players taken from them when the NHL was expanding in the late 90s and early 2000s with the other three teams that followed them. After this year, right now, this this is the uh, this is the fun part. This projected that the salary cap next year is going to be around 73 million dollars next year. Yeah, it's not really fluctuating, right? No, it's going to go up a little bit, maybe closer to 75. But as of right now, the Nashville Predators are going to have 27 million dollars of cap space. It's a pretty fair amount of money. Actually, no, sorry, $17 million for next year, 27 the year following. So they're going to have plenty of space to be able to resign these guys. Mike Fisher this past year made over $4 million. There's no way they're going to pay him $4 million again this year. So for an offseason, here's what the Predators are likely going to do. They're going to pay Ryan Johansson. There's no other way to put it. Ryan Johansson has earned himself a paycheck. He got the better of Jonathan Taves, got the better of Ryan Kessler, and made the Blues look silly the entire playoff series. So he's going to get paid. Uh, you're looking at probably around a six and a half to seven million dollar number there for Ryan Johansson. Victor Arvidsson's going to get paid. He's also a restricted free agent. Now they're not going to lose these guys without heavy compensation. So there's no worry about these guys realistically leaving. Pontus Auberg and uh, Frederick Gaudreau and Austin Watson—they're all also restricted free agents. But there is the expansion draft coming. So you're probably going to lose either one of these guys, Cali Yarncroke, Colin Wilson, or Craig Smith in the expansion draft. The way the expansion draft works is that you can protect either, either uh, six forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. Given how good Nashville's defense is and given the fact that they're pretty cheap, they're probably going to protect four defensemen and four forwards, and they have to protect one goalie. That goalie is going to be Pecorine because he has a non-movement clause. Now, that does not mean UC Saros is going to go anywhere. UC Saros is still technically a rookie, therefore he will not be exposed to the expansion draft. Relax. All right? Now, I know this is a lot of them just like kind of just piping in information right here. But all this goes to say the Predators have plenty of cap room to fix what they need to, and that is their center depth. What we saw here in the Pittsburgh series, center depth wins titles. You can go back the last 15 years of the NHL, and you cannot find a team that has not won the Stanley Cup without at least two very good centers. The Predators have Ryan Johansson. Colton Sissons may grow into that role. Vladislav Kamenev may be that role up from Milwaukee. Mike Fisher's not that guy anymore. Mike Fisher's a damn good player. I think there's no doubt about that. They need to they, they gotta tweak a little bit, but it's not it's very plausible they could be back here next year. They're good the defense is gonna get better, the four is gonna get better. I mean Philip Forsberg's only twenty two years old. They got a six year window to make hay. Yeah. I like their chances to get him back. And that you know, right there where you're saying our cup window just opened. Yeah, it started this past year. Yeah, realistically, PK Subban definitely moved the timetable up. Uh, Rene's got two years left on his deal. I like the idea of Pekarene riding off into the sunset, but I wouldn't be surprised that after his current contract, he's brought back on some sweetheart deal just to keep him in uniform. UC Soros is the future of Ned in Nashville, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see more of an even split next year, given Soros's potential and given that Pekarene has been known to wear himself down. Uh, I. Are we done talking about it now? Can we end it? Yeah, we can talk about. We can end it on this note right here: is that the Predators are going to be still have their first round draft pick. 
They still can make quite a few moves. Guys like Kevin Fiala, guys like Ryan Johansson are going to come back next year with another year under their belt. they got plenty of time to mature. The Predators have a very loaded farm system as far as forwards go as well, so they can, re- they can replenish from within. They have a couple of good defensive prospects up as well. There is no reason to doubt Nashville getting it done in the playoffs next year, at least winning a couple rounds and see what happens. I don't know about winning the division because this doesn't look like a team that's really content to win the division, but there's plenty of reason to buy into the Predators. One thing I probably want them to do is like get bigger on the forward position because Forsberg, he was practically non-existent. He only had that one point with the empty netter in game three. He was getting pushed around. Victor Arverson was getting pushed around all series as well. So if they need they need to get like bigger players like this Victor Edsel that they signed, who's like a what a six foot four monster. He's a Swedish monster. So if they he's get, a couple years away, but yeah, there's a lot to like with his game. Yeah, so if they can get a bunch of guys that are about that size, they can probably like dominate the Western Conference. You know a good way to get bigger. Drink milk. You know that? That's a that's a great that's way. That's big if true, sir. That's a that's a that's a great way to. Uh, that's big if true. And that's okay. how we'll end our pred talk. All right, about milk. Uh, we at least ended it with positivity, though. Exactly. Right? That's what I was trying to do. There we go. And, and you brought it back to the point that there was negativity at all. So the, and now it's there negative again. It. So this is our podcast. And you know, hey, as you're listening to this right now, Game Five is about to happen. What, is, what time does that start anyway? Eight o'clock for the finals of NBA. Uh, as you're listening to it, it, it Again, a winner's already been we decided. We are contractually obligated by <laughs> WNSR as condition of doing this podcast that we talk about the NBA so no one else has to. But you know what? It's it's a good thing. One, because I feel like in this room we have more NBA knowledge than some of the show hosts. Two, shots fired. Two, uh, I think it's good to talk about this now just because it's the same situation as last year when the Cavs were down 3-1. And you start seeing their team get together and start playing good basketball. That's what we saw. That's why we saw the Cavs win in Game Five or Game Five. Sorry, Game Four. And uh, we saw that team. The pieces are there. The pieces on the first three, first two games were not there. They were not acting up. They were not playing to their spots. The first three games, even. Um, and now you're seeing the J.R. Smiths, the uh, the the the. Uh, Iman Shumpert's and all of them, they're finally connecting the dots and playing the way LeBron needs them to play. I want to believe so bad, man. It's I, not I want to, to believe, but there are two reasons why that won't happen. They're playing in Oakland for one. Actually, no. Draymond no. Green and Kevin Durant. Because at this time last time, last year, Draymond Green was suspended and Kevin Durant was in Oklahoma City eating Cheetos. Okay, but also they were playing in game four. Yeah. So what? What this is? Maybe you, they just everyone took, puts into the. I mean, I know crowd can have an effect, and I get that. But when your back's up against the wall, there's a different there's a different momentum that gets pushed into it. I feel like, and I think what the Cavs got in that last game in Game Four, winning that one like they did, they saw, hey, we can beat this team, and a, they didn't just beat the team. I think they was that the biggest uh, defeat. They scored the most points in the first half of NBA Finals. Eighty six. When you can go out, that's not going to be a lot again. more physical. Why can't it though? Why can't it? The Here's basket why. is the same. Here is why the basket is the same hey. shape, hey. same hey. diameter hey. Hey. here hey. in Cav- in the Cavs or in Golden State. Now go. You're you're Mr. Psychology. You're all about you know sports psychology and right. what have you. Then tell me this: it's a lot easier to play more physical at home than it would be on the road, right? Because if you're the referee, like you know someone's getting abused, you know you're going to hear it. True. So it's a lot more. So with Warriors playing their incredible small ball style, and Cleveland bringing in the guys like Tristan Thompson and bringing in Iman Shumpert, crashing the boards, driving to the basket, it's a lot more, a lot easier to get away with that at home than on the road. That's why. 
<sighs> that's exactly why. I don't know, man. I don't know because you know what. And plus, Draymond Green is not going to get two, not going to get fouls like that right off the bat and off the tip. He could. He, he is could. Draymond Green. Everything is possible. That's what but. I'm saying. You never know where that phantom nut kick's going to come in. But didn't Zaza Pachulia hit someone in? He punched him. In the dude. groin, yeah. yeah. His was worse than Draymond last yeah, year. It but, was. you know, Cavs, if you could say anything about this, Cavs have been here before. They've already gone to Golden State, down 3 1, and they won. And, and this is the thing. What? Okay, Cavs win tonight in our head. New series. New series, right? Yeah. Because going back to Cleveland and then, then have to go back to the seven if you beat him back in Cleveland. Yeah, but I don't expect him to. You do don't that. expect that. You no. just don't want LeBron to win. Yeah, because oh my because I saw a tweet this morning saying and it said, "Oh, the NBA is dumb. There's more parity in the NHL." Well, if you look at it, there's no parity in the NBA because it's been LeBron James for the last seven years. And the only ten teams have won. Only like what four or five teams have won the cup the last ten years. Yeah, something like that. Like the Pittsburghs won it now four times. You got Chicago. Yeah, but here's the thing: why three times? Why it's only been like four teams in the NHL? There's been unpredictability throughout the playoffs. In the NBA playoffs, there's only been one thing, predictability, this especially the last three years. <laughs> it's whether or not you know someone gets hurt. It's the only, yes. it's the only variable there. Hey, but, I mean, still, though, the point is remain that you saw in game four the Cavaliers' pieces came together. Yeah. And when that, that happens, but that was they go off. You're right, and you're right. Happen. And I've said many times that I believe a crowd can change things. Don't look at last night. But I think you can see how a crowd can change. I get that. I do get that. But what th- what I'm saying this time, excuse Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, Cavaliers already did this. They already did this, and their team did not change too much. That's a big ask for you to sit there and say, hey, Dan, mind bleach out probably the best shooter in the game right now and the best defensive wing player in the league right now. I can't quite do that. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Just those two guys can't take back the fact that Cavaliers have already been there and done that. That's what I'm saying. Well, the Warriors were there too, losing. So I highly doubt they'll. They've heard lose it again. all year too. Warriors blew a three-one lead. They've had to listen to that all year long. So they and, okay, and then and let me get back into my psychology stick. Then you're talking about they're going to be shaking a little bit of their boots in this game. Maybe not so much Kevin Durant, but they they don't want to have to hear three-one. No, again. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, this this would be a boring podcast if I was like, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> there's nobody else arguing this. No, there really isn't. <laughs> there isn't. But that's the, the Warriors are, right now. The Warriors are going to probably All right, we like haven't 25. had a donut bet in a while. I'm oh. taking the Cavs tonight. I'm taking the Cavs. I, I mean, y- y'all are taking the Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. What should we, should we, uh, should we say there's a line? Should we go off the line? I don't know what it is. Well, last uh, time I checked, Golden State was ahead by eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half seems about fair. Okay. What's their, uh. Let me pull Bovada here. What's their, uh, the, the total? Uh, what do they call that? The over under. Yeah, yeah. Two twenty five usually <laughs> Something a safe bet, crazy. but that's been going. That's been going <laughs> right, right, that. right now. Golden State's a nine point favorite. Nine point. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go off that for the donut bet, or do we want to just go Cavs or Warriors? I just go straight up. All right, Cavs. I'm taking them tonight. I really think you're going to see LeBron's going to show out anyway. LeBron and and hey, have, did you see the stat that he's facing elimination? He's averaging thirty two right now. And Kyrie Irving is four and zero facing elimination. There's more of that. I'm saying, and if, if they can get J.R. I mean, Smith going, shooting like he has been, shooting from the damn logo and hitting threes, <laughs> and you have Kevin your Love, off. you have yeah, you have Kevin Love playing the game that he does, that he plays so well, being the big three point shooter. That's all he needs to be, and you have just Tristan Thompson pulling boards. Why wouldn't that team beat even Kevin Durant? A money line bet right now. The uh, a $100 bet on the Cavs wins $700. A $1,200 bet on the Warriors. That's what it would take to win 100 bucks. 
Wow. That's the money line. Golden State is a heavy favorite in this Man, that's not a bad that's not bad odds to take on Cavs. Yeah, put a 10 Coming off a win like bucks, they did? Put 10 bucks on the Cavs. You know, what, what do you got to lose there? 10 bucks. That's it. Wow, <laughs> I hate that the people that are listening to this right now are going to hear this post <laughs> post-mortem in a sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the series line. My apologies. Oh, okay. I, I was about to say, that. I was like, that's a really good for one tonight, game? Actually, it's 310 for tonight, minus 310 for uh, Golden State, and plus 255 for the Cavs. That's not bad. Yeah, okay. Still, that's not quite the investment I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> not quite the investment there. So you and I were chatting about before the game here that let's say that, you know, the Cavs do, you know, do end up taking the L here tonight and just and getting getting dismantled by the Warriors. If you're LeBron James, you know his contract's going to be coming up before too long. You know Cleveland right now. This is like your this is your third time. The only reason, one of the reasons why you lost last year is because Draymond got suspended and, and acting a fool. And then now with the Warriors with Durant, that's tough. You're gonna have to be you're gonna have to do something special to beat this team. And there's options out there for that. There are options out there. And uh, you and I had a good discussion earlier about a guy from Utah, yep. Gordon Hayward. Yep. Who got seen today? Uh, or sorry, his his son got seen today in a uh, uh, a Shamrock. Uh, uh, t-shirt and everybody's been big fuss thinking oh he's thinking about going to boston i mean it makes it's plausible because you have mm-hmm. brad stevens who's the coach of the celtics he used to coach, coach. butler yep but let's face it i mean gordon then, is a white guy there's like shoot. a report today that he's interested in going to miami in free agency and why why, why though he no, gets why to would keep you? your money but that's what i'm saying why not try <laughs> to go to cleveland if cleveland loses that that has to become an option i don't think they can afford him because they got so much money wrapped up in. Oh, their if you big lose three. this year, if you lose this year, you're getting rid of J.R. Smith. I think Smith's just getting out. rid of J.R. Smith and Kyle Corver and all those. It's not going. To, it's not going. I couldn't afford you a a, a a Gordon Hayward. No, not especially if he's looking for a max contract. It's not like LeBron hasn't done this before. And when I say that, yeah, he's the GM. I he's really... not a really good GM though. <laughs> well, he's done this before. He's got terrible he's... depth players, man. The Cleveland Cavaliers are $32 million over the luxury tax. See, they can't afford them. That's this year. Now, looking into yeah. next year, mm, yeah, it doesn't get much better. What is it? Uh, looking into next year, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Sorry, blogger. I was just waiting. I was, I was, <clears throat> I was waiting for the blogger. Like, I'm not, That was the blogger answer you gave. It doesn't look good. No, no real facts behind it. Just <laughs> doesn't look good. Not going to give you a truth answer. <laughs> doesn't look good. Well, I mean, you can get out. I mean, the end. The NBA, you can you can pretty much do a lot of different things. Give the yeah. guys, give the, guys the exceptions, uh, mid level exceptions, and all that other stuff, and get out of the cap. Uh, next year, they're looking at 127 million, which still puts them 26 or 26 million over the max, and then uh, they're over six million dollars so in the luxury tax base. So yeah, not looking good. Uh, uh, there, there's a way to move it. You though. would have to move off Kevin Love, and who makes 22 million dollars a year to be able to bring in Hayward. Now. Now, okay, now I've heard this floating around, and this isn't uh, what I believe at all. They're paying, what do you have to say? They're paying uh, Tristan Thompson $16 million. They're paying J.R. Smith $13 million. They're paying Imam Shippard, uh, Shumpert $10 million. You can't, and Channing Fry, by the way, he plays for the Cavs. I had no idea. Yeah, he's the guy who hugs everyone off the <laughs> side paying, of it. There you go. Those guys right there are, are about a combined uh, $60 million right there. And that's what I'm saying. Plus, you can, he had you to can add move those Richard guys. Jefferson, he plays for the Cavs, too. Who's going to retire? $2.5 million for him, so oh. he's not that big of a hit. But that's what I'm saying. You can you can move some of those guys to get another big guy on your starting five. Yeah, if they do that, then you only have, what, like eight players on your team? Jimmy Butler being open. He's not going to go to Cleveland either. Here's why Here's why Hayward won't work. say that, though. <laughs> here's why Hayward will not work is that Hayward has played over 80% of the time in Utah in the number three position. 
You're forcing LeBron to play out of position at that point. But what did he do in Miami? Did he not play the, the big spot for no, Miami most of the time? He played number three normally. But I'm saying he was the big guy on the court between him and Bosch. Yeah. Well, Bosch was, you know, Bosch was the number four. Then you had like typically a center on the Bosch sometimes. Because LeBron can be. He, he's kind of a stretch, a three stretch four player. Because yeah. you can move Love to the center. Yeah. And you okay. can move Braun to the power forward and you can still have your dynamic going. Yeah. If you want to go small, you can go that route. That's what I'm saying. But why? It worked in Miami. It did work in Miami. Why wouldn't it work in Cleveland? Because LeBron's getting older. Exactly, and you have your money. If you move your money, well, LeBron's around getting older. He's, you know, he. I would stick. Him he's getting older, forward. but he's he's getting better. He's <laughs> there, and, and that is a true. He's statement. getting older, and he runs the Cleveland franchise, and he's not very good at that. Uh, watching Durant put he brought LeBron, a title. He brought a title, Brian. He brought a title. Kevin Durant yeah, put LeBron the James on not watching Hold on, hold on. We got too many people voices at once, guys. Because watching Kevin Durant put LeBron James on roller skates earlier in the series, I mean, I, to me, I do exactly what LeBron wants. If LeBron wants to play the number three position, find someone else. There's other guys out there than Hayward. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why why couldn't a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler wanting to get out? If you're Chicago, why are you giving Cleveland a bigger gun? Because I well, I don't I don't know I don't that's I a, don't know. But hey, it's still the Bulls. You don't know what they're going to do. That's the same thing for Indiana. They yeah, all exactly. play in the same division. Well, it's still though. Well, I mean, why Why would you want to – they've done this, though. That's what I'm and, saying. And we say that the Thunder traded James Harden to Houston. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This, has been, this, <laughs> this is, is done. Is, People see this all the time. The NBA. This, is, Thunder, this is why you can't weird, take man. the NBA seriously because there's no structure. Again, the NBA is a really long television series that you're just counting on that season finale just being a badass, everybody dies, and we're left with like some cliffhangers and everything for next season. That's all the NBA is. It's become a one series season. Okay, well, what do you think? If and and in the world we're seeing now, right? Mm-hmm. How many times more do we see Cleveland Golden State? Uh, in their current setup, I'm not no just just the teams in the finals. Oh, just teams in the finals. Uh in their current if they if if Golden State can keep at least bulk of their players. Now, I'm not a dummy. I know that at some point Clay Thompson's going to get moved out because I think he's the most replaceable of their players. Oh, that, doesn't you feel bad for him? <laughs> he was the splash yeah. brother and now he's the last brother. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. I've been saving Ooh, that one for a that while. Was good. That was good. I think in their current setup with with Curry and with Durant and they can change some I think you keep Draymond over Clay Thompson. I think you can see this. I guess I want to say Warriors versus uh Cleveland. How about Warriors versus LeBron because there's no saying I mean LeBron could go to New York. He could go to the West though. He won't go to the West. No. Imagine LeBron going to the Spurs. Why go to <laughs> Why go to a conference that is much tougher than the East? He can just cakewalk through the East. That's Granted, true. Boston had had a better record this year, and they completely destroyed him in the playoffs. But the East is so much easier for him to just automatically go to the finals every year. I like to see him. Go Nobody was going to give that up. Yeah, LeBron's just going to go beat a red team. It doesn't matter. It's some team that's covered Toronto, Atlanta. They're just going to beat a red team. <laughs> uh, I mean, if he's smart, he goes back to Miami so he can keep his money. True, yeah. true. All uh, right. Well, you know. we we can now wash our hands. We've getting stuff done. NBA got, and what happened last night is all done. First two parts, boys. Done. We did good. We did Powered good. Powered through it. It's coming up after the break. Uh, Brian has a Canadian football story that's going to make me smile all the way to Cheesecake Factory. You're listening to After Dark. Welcome back. 
Sports After Dark with Dan Bradley, myself, and Zach Williams. And um, like Dan teased uh, before going to break. Uh, teased and teased not in the way of like, oh, something's coming up. Tease like as in I'm making fun of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of uh, stories from north of the border, not hockey-wise anyway, but uh, the Canadian Football League, their season's starting up at the end of the month. And one of the big uh, stories uh, of interest around here was uh, Vince Young signing a contract with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the CFL's West Division in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. And <laughs> Whoa, wait, hold on. I know we're going to get to the story, but the Rough Riders are in Regina. Okay, yes. go ahead. Why? That's, why? Like that's the- why uh, in Deadpool he always says that's why Regina rhymes with fun. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, it's just that's just a poor choice of... Yeah, it's and, poor choice of words. You know, Reg- the the Rough Riders are kind of like the Green Bay Packers of of the CFL, in a yeah, lot of ways. You're, they it's are not a real metro area there, and it's <laughs> you know they got like kind of a, a crazy fan base. And there you go. All right. Keep going on the story. But anyway, breaking news. All right, they had uh, their first preseason game I think last Saturday, and it was against I think it was Winnipeg or whoever. The Indian twenty five. Oh, you threw out the records from the Blue Bombers and the twenty five to twenty five. Yeah, it was a twenty five <laughs> to twenty five tie in the preseason, so we can joke about how bad they are but during the week Vince Young tore his hamstring so he will miss the first four to six weeks of the CFL season due to a torn hamstring you know I feel bad I laughed when I first heard that uh because really though if he's really trying to revitalize career if he's doing better he got his degree from Texas correct you know good for him and I hope it gets better for him and not good for him that he got injured but good for him that you know you know if he can go up there and do just just a tiny bit what he did when he was in Texas just a little feather dust in the CFL. Good for him, you know. Yeah. So, what are your reactions to that, Dan? So, I'm, I'm looking. I dig, dug a little bit deeper into this. Right now, the uh, I mean, this is a preseason game here. You've he didn't got, even play, though. Yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play because he's competing with other people for the backup position. And those players been out playing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's gonna make the team. I, I wish I could watch some of these. Like you can, you go on the CFL website, cfl.ca, and, and just bring up uh, highlights. And yeah, ESPN they'll be showing games on like ESPN two during the season. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, Rough sorry. Riders. Sorry, sorry, sorry about your uh, backup quarterback there. Eh? Hey, yeah. <laughs> and, and another story coming out of the CFL: uh, Logan Kilgore, who used to play at MTSU, he played for Toronto last season. And um, looking up his stats, he he was actually pretty horrendous. He only completed fifty five percent of his passes with two touchdowns and ten interceptions. Was he one of the ones that beats puppies too, or no. is that just yeah, those- he was already out of <laughs> MTSU by that? time. Oh, okay, good. But I'm anyway, just never going to let that go. But anyway, he signed with uh, Pittsburgh's equivalent in uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So That's a cool team name, the Tiger Cats. Tiger Dash Cats. Yeah, yeah. Tiger Dash Cats. <laughs> oh, does it have a dash in between? Yeah, That's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. Never mind. I hate it now. <laughs> and, I, and I bet he didn't get why I said uh, Pittsburgh's equivalent. Because I don't watch CFL? Yes, you're right, sir. And so is everyone else listens to this well, podcast. <laughs> unlike, the, unlike Pittsburgh in the United States, Hamilton still actually does have steel production there. Oh, and they yeah. have the same colors. Yeah, that too. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Toronto, what would you call Toronto if you had an NFL uh, comp? Ooh, an NFL or just an American City? I don't uh, know. Well, both. Like an NFL comparison and a city comparison. That's a tough question there. Toronto is like the New York of Canada. Yeah, anyway. See, I've heard it's the LA. I've heard it's like the LA. No, Vancouver would be the LA. Yeah, Vancouver would be LA. Toronto would be like New York. And Alberta would be like the Texas of Canada because it's like yes. oil rigs and cattle ranches. Nice. Uh, Winnipeg, I couldn't tell you about Winnipeg. Like Kansas City. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we already got. Hey. We already got Regina, and that's uh, Green, Green Bay, Bay. Uh, Edmonton. 
I know you just put Alberta together. Yeah, that's like the that's like the San Antonio. Yeah. Um Ottawa. What do we call Ottawa? Washington? Yeah, I mean, well, is kind of, I mean, there's a movie, Canadian Bacon, uh, where, you know, they, they they didn't believe the capital of Canada was Ottawa. <laughs> so, uh, and there's no comparison to Montreal. No. Is there? Yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the next thing we're talking about? We're done with Vince Young. That's yeah, we're the, done with Vince Young. Hey, there's so the most. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this. Another uh, CFL uh, tie here to the local area. Did you guys see the article that was written about Jonathan Crompton? No. I saw something about that, but I didn't read it. Oh, Do yeah. not read. You don't. Know, you do not read. I do not know how to. Oh wow! How did you make it this far? Good looks, man. <laughs> Good looks. Well, Jonathan Crompton uh, had an article come out of the Chattanooga uh, Times Free Press. Or his, Hey-o. Yeah. So he was talking about some of the things that happened to him while he was on campus in Knoxville. And uh, oh wait, I might have actually seen this. <laughs> thinking now, I'm thinking about the it. The quote here is: "I developed a genuine dislike, or pardon here, yeah, genuine dislike of the place of, for that place of Knoxville." By the way, the title, uh, the title photograph here for SECCountry.com's piece on it looks like a Keanu Reeves cologne ad. <laughs> here's some of the, here's some of the money quotes. I've only been back to Tennessee twice for games since I left. Animosity is probably not the best word I felt for a long time. I know it was the majority of the fans, but there were enough examples to left a bad taste in my mouth, and I don't want to have that bad taste in his mama mater anymore. I really don't. He told a story about how uh, people came up to him on campus and told him that he wished that him and his entire family died in a car crash. Whew. Go back to what I said earlier. Tennessee fans are harshly loyal to their brand. Yeah. Is he a writer there at the, at the Times Free Press? No, Jonathan Crompton? That's no. what I was wondering. I, no, I, I, he was playing... The way he was, you were reading that, I was like, it's really eloquent. <laughs> no, no, he... Uh, he he had, he had some good and some bad things to say in there. He, he knows that it's not all not the entire fan base, but it just makes me think like some of the pressure that some of these, uh, especially for SEC schools, that we put on some of these young guys out there. I mean, there's so much money tied up and so much of an economic impact tied into these schools and tied into the their individual uh, performances. And I understand why. I mean, we had uh, we did Lipscomb Academy this past year, and best of luck to uh, Rutger Reitmeyer who's going to be playing for Oregon this upcoming year. And I understand more and more why someone like him, who could go pretty much anywhere he wanted to, he was, I mean, pull back the curtain here, we knew that Michigan was involved. We knew that, you know, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Louisville, all these big schools were involved. And he chose to go to Oregon. And it makes sense more and more because that seems like a place that, you know, hey, if the team goes 4-8, and eight, no one's going to be putting for sale signs in the coach's yard. No one's going to be spray painting, yep. you know, you know. They don't take football serious. They did for a while. I know. Yeah, they did for a while, and then they got over. Then they got into salary cap trouble, and you know, you know how that goes. You know how well, that I goes. mean, I where when, when Mario where would you want to play? Went downhill. Where would you want to play? Me, Stanford. Mm. I go to Stanford in a damn second. You can live for free in uh, Palo Alto, California. Get a Stanford degree. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. What, what about that sucks? Nothing. Nothing. Be coached by David Shaw, a guy who, who looks like wanna, he has to. You know, UTK though, UTK sucks. Just as in like, one, it's a state school regardless, so it's the same education you get pretty much anywhere else in Tennessee. Two, their layout on campus sucks. Have you ever have you been to the softball or the or the uh, yes. soccer stadium I've, over there? I've never yes. been by UT's campus. It it's not over by like the me, by like the water. You will get plant. quads the first time. You will. Well, get I know it is very legs. hilly, so I know that it is. I know it's very hilly. Take like Western Kentucky, except spread it out like like a really thin little slice of peanut butter there, just kind of spreading it out further and further, and then gradually just throw in like 
bits of granola. Instead of granola, that's actually just gravel because it's never any construction site. Exactly. And Knoxville sucks. If it didn't have a Oh, now. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah, no, Knoxville sucks. If Knoxville didn't have... Sponsor the show, call Zachariah W. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't sponsor. Because, you know what, Knoxville really does suck. They would have nothing if they didn't have There goes UTK. our Calhoun sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, they had a huge uh, watch party for the Preds last night, too. So oh, cool, cool. Bandwagoners. No, I'm actually... Yeah, had, because they had a whole give, stand against Bandwagoners. Knoxville doesn't give a crap about Nashville, and Nashville doesn't give a crap about Knoxville anyway. Well, exactly. what's better than the relationship with Memphis, apparently? Yeah. Yeah. Because Nashville and Memphis hate each other. The only time Knoxville cares about Nashville is when they get to the Music City Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that. I, I, I don't understand, like, the whole. I don't understand Knoxville as a city as well as I thought I did. It's, it's not fun. It's really not a cool place. And I you, definitely understand why students are, you know, maybe take, or more and more now that everybody's on television, are taking a second look at schools like Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Memphis, uh, Auburn, and. and people from this area even are taking a second look at other places like the there was a kid from independence uh gidry who ended up going to mississippi state and i understand more and more because that's a that's a big city media market where you have media coming in from chattanooga from knoxville from uh, nashville to cover the to cover that team and so there's a it's a cauldron of pressure there's not a whole lot of places to go in knoxville it was the same thing for uh what jacoby stevens from oakland he yeah. went to lsu yeah yeah, so I mean, granted, Baton Rouge is a similar, except there's more pawn shops. But there's, <laughs> I mean, LSU is much more of. I mean, I gotta tell you guys, I watched the uh, college baseball uh, uh, super regional between Mississippi State and LSU, and that just looked like the most fun thing to see live. Yeah, an LSU baseball game of all things. Texas A and M would be another one. Yeah, A and M's really fun. A, I mean, A and M does seem like a pretty cool place because you're getting a lot of the Houston folks, you're getting the Dallas folks, and the San Antonio folks. Mm -hmm. It's just Texas. It's just that's <laughs> Texas, just one big party. Texas just seems cool. But you know, what? hey, let's talk about something else real quick about Tennessee that kind of dropped the ball. Kind of dropped the ball uh, on uh, Saturday yeah. uh, at nine twenty-seven. Uh, the Tennessean sent out an article. From a, a over a year ago, about Donnie Everett's passing, which was the announcement that Vanderbilt pitcher Donnie Everett. And this was during Vanderbilt's game with Oregon State, right, right? when they went down. I believe five. They went down four runs. Whatever the score eight to was, four. time eight yeah. to four. I was predicting. No, no, I shouldn't have. No, no, this is Saturday. Oh, this is Saturday. This so is Saturday. Was, last time I checked, it was what nine to two. Yeah, nine to two was the final, but this is when they went down four to start off. Oh, yeah, and uh, they. Uh, the tweet got sent on a on a, a over the year a, a, a year ago about Donnie Everett's passing. How does that happen? Someone not paying attention on the Twitter account. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is you can't you don't have a save program where it's just going to tweet it out. Yeah, right. you could you could do a you can actually use um, if you're using like TweetDeck or Hootsuite. A lot of these social media accounts will schedule a tweet. Maybe the guy whoever did it scheduled it a year in advance. <sighs> It's it's I don't care even if there is a valid excuse. I I, I haven't I mean I really haven't heard it anywhere else because it was it was up and it was deleted instantly. Joe Rexroad uh, came out and apologized for the tweet coming out saying it was deleted and everything like that. But I still don't care. That is well one it's just it's just dumb, right? It's dumb. It's just dumb that it came out. And I'll say this about the Tennessean. Um, I thought they did really good with the Predators coverage this pit this year. And when the Tennessean's not good, I mean typically people from you know, on, on the blogger side of the aisle, or, or the first ones to call out the the local the local newspaper, or call them the fish wrap, or whatever. But well, actually, the Tennessee had a bad article come out of something about the Preds. 
No, they, I mean, the, the sports desk did a great job. The, the sport, rest yeah. of the newsroom, when they get involved, it gets a little dicey. I mean, remember the, the food article guy, you know, the biscuit in the basket guy, and then you have your you know, people digging up dirt whenever Megan Barry voted against the Predators. The Predators well, that deal. was good. They're, I didn't. I you know I'm like you know this just kind of seems like opportunistic journalism there. But, yeah, you know, that's can, what happens when a big sports uh, news item comes out. They get everyone involved, and you get a bunch of people who don't know a damn thing about sports, and they start writing about it, and it comes out like crap. Yeah, I yeah. mean Megan Barry. I mean for what for whatever you want to say about her, she's a really good party planner, and I think that's kind of what you know. If anything else, that's man, that's not a bad uh, a label to have. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm gathering so far. Well, I just wanted to bring that up just because I haven't heard really anyone else talk about it. And I think as if there's anything that this podcast should be is just <laughs> we should highlight the bad things that do happen. Just because I'm all for that, to. sir. Some somebody needs to. Yeah, somebody needs to. Can't shy away from the topics yeah. like uh, other fourth and whatever they're called. <laughs> Shot fired. <laughs> That was not a sound person. effect. That was that was, not, that was actually that was a that was, that was actually a, good, a noise from Dan Bradley's mouth. That was a good uh, that yeah. was a good noise effect. <laughs> so, yeah. so Vanderbilt's uh, season's over with. Uh, first college baseball goes. Uh, Super regionals are getting played. The better tonight. team. You know what? Yeah, Oregon State, very good team. They didn't need their controversial uh, ace pitcher. Which does Oregon State even have an ace? I mean, they're all really good. He was the ace. Oof, because he had an ERA less than one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't even. Well, the number two started. He had he was undefeated. This guy, he was the ace because he had an ERA less the than guy one, that, and he shouldn't even be playing baseball at all anyway. So no. Tillman, the guy that uh, pitched the Saturday game against Fandy, he had a like a five ERA. Just came out. He actually set his. I think I want to say it was his career high in strikeouts in a game. Hmm. Just happened. I think it was like nine or ten. La la la. I don't want to hear any more about baseball. Like this is his career best, or this is the hardest ball ever hit, or the furthest ball ever hit, because the yeah. Orioles-Yankees series, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, that was batting practice for the Yankees. The Orioles pitching has got off. How strong is Aaron Judge? Has anybody seen him in the weight room? I don't know, but I remember standing, seeing him stand next to Chris Davis, and it looked like he was playing with like one of those life-size dolls. He made Chris Davis look small. So he doesn't even really have to go to the weight room. To- no, he probably doesn't. What is he, like 6'8"? Yeah, yeah, he's got all the power right there. He's something huge. Yeah, the, what position does he play? Outfield? He's an outfielder. Here's yeah. here's the something we talked about. We we're watching the watching the MLB draft here. Is that we've heard for many years about baseball that uh, kids aren't playing baseball anymore because they think the game is too slow. Uh, by the way, uh, youth participation in baseball is up. Uh, American-born uh, inner-city kids are not uh, not playing baseball. There are not enough American-born blacks playing baseball. Uh, have you seen the top? five of the draft this year really the top 10 top 10 of the draft my i'm honestly i think people are, are starting to come back to baseball and uh for the people in this room the people at the station that's great news yeah i mean why wouldn't you baseball's a great sport uh, i mean it's a great sport everyone it's, makes money everyone makes money <laughs> at the end of the day i mean when what you know it's the sun's going down at 7 30 at night it's a gorgeous day here i would love to be at a ball game yeah it's the best place to go because it's a sport it's a sporting event that one you don't really have to be uh, uh, like it's not like hockey where you really just don't know what's going on if you don't know sports, and you can't talk over it. Uh, exactly, you can't talk over hockey. We can have the same conversation over a table at the bandbox in right field. Exactly, we should totally do that. Wow, hey, yeah. there's an opportunity. <laughs> Planting a seed right there. Right there, yeah. <laughs> so Adam on. Noose, GM for the sounds. We could. I'll we let could you do play. A, we could do a live <laughs> broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
So there's a, there's a lot to like there, but uh, I think definitely we think we all can sense that baseball's on a bit of an uptick, and hopefully someone you know capsulates that and sends a screenshot to freezing cold takes, and I see it in five years. So <laughs> coming up after the break, uh, five tough questions, and uh, let's see. I'll give you guys a little bit of a teaser on that. I don't really have a teaser set up for this. Do we have any? I mean, what other events are we talking about though? There, I mean, this is kind of the dead zone right now. Is that you're going to go into the NBA? The NBA drafts coming up soon. You've got the MLB draft going on right now. Uh, you've got the finals winding down. The yeah. Stanley Cup finals over with. Get get ready for baseball and lots of it, and also some pop culture talk because we're that's our thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I and, sneezed yeah, and had to I turn know. the mic off. You know, I, know. <laughs> I was trying to buy you time for you to get back into. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk pop culture. What's going on in pop culture? I haven't even looked. I don't know. Did I that during the break? You're <laughs> <laughs> listening to After Dark. And welcome back into After Dark Sports. Zach Williams, Dandy Bradley, and Brian Robertson joining you for the final segment. A little Paul McCartney right there. Letting it go. <laughs> Let's let it go. You know, is this your favorite Beatle? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Everybody likes to make fun of Ringo. Everybody likes to make fun of Ringo. You know the one, per, the one uh, Beatle no one talks about George. is George Harrison. Yeah, He was arguably one of the most talented ones, too. Lennon yeah. was the better writer. McCartney was the better singer. But as far as musicianship goes, Harrison. But, you know, John Lennon, right? Yeah. I, would you say he's bigger than Paul McCartney? Or? Yeah, he was bigger. He had the bigger social impact. McCartney had more of the lasting you know, legacy because he lived. And Was it Tupac? To Tupac said nobody gives a, gives a damn about what you say until you die. Ooh. I think it was two. I, I'm not, it could have been Biggie Smalls. I can't remember. It's one of those guys. Because then, the, ironically, they died after it. I, I can't help you there. I know. <laughs> I know. So uh, I did. I did see where uh, one of my favorite mus- uh, composers is actually touring. George Brett's on the screen. Man, <laughs> love that guy. Goodness me, he's old now, man. Yeah, and you could strike a match off his face. He is old, <laughs> but he is a winner. So I didn't know this, but uh, Hans Zimmer. Is touring. He tours? Knew, yeah, only reason why I knew this is that Chris Martell uh, tweeted out saying he was going to go see him. Is uh, he going to Zimmer the Summerhorn or something? Ascend. Oh, as a that part of a summer cool. a summer concert series. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. For those who don't know, is a uh, very well known uh, film score conductor. Uh, did it for the Dark Knight movies. Did it for Dark Knight. Did it for the. If you're going to go back to the '90s, he did it for the the Rock, the movie soundtrack. He did the Lion King. Um, he did a lot of the uh, superhero soundtracks. His understudy is uh, Ramin Dwadi. Who did the uh, Game of Thrones, Iron Man? Uh, so yeah, The Rock, and, and that's the that's the, Sean Connery, yeah, Nicolas yeah. Cage, yeah, had one of the best chasing soundtracks ever. Where it was the winners uh, go home and they prom queen? Yeah, <laughs> Carla was the prom queen. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, the that best was, line in the whole bro, movie. I'm only bothering your Humvee. <laughs> yeah. Why do people? Why do people yeah. crap on uh, Cage movies? Because so much? he he's over the top. It's gone yeah. in sixty seconds. That's actually pretty. One good. of my that. favorite movies. Oh, you gotta love that movie, right? Oh, As a big it. car guy, I remember when it, when we first got it on DVD when it came out back in two thousand. It was like one of the greatest things ever for a ten year old. Yeah, it's still it's on Netflix now. But uh, 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 Angelina Jolie yeah, is she the only girl it. who could be ugly but pretty. You know what I mean? Like she was so <laughs> she ugly in that. In that. No, she looked great in that. 
Ah, uh, you think? Uh, the white the white girl dreadlocks is always kind of a weird look for me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kind of got out of my Bonnaroo stage pretty early. Which, by the way, any of your friends go to Bonnaroo? And like my brother did. Yeah, my brother went. He yeah. went it by himself. Oh, that'd be fun! Wow. And he got a tent and he brought his truck and he got up there and he was up in the VIP just up front and had a great. He had a great time. His his phone died. He didn't charge it. He's I don't I haven't talked to him. <laughs> I know about, he, I know he I was think, having a great. I time. I think it's a great time for Bonnaroo when you don't hear reports of deaths. Yeah, it's been well, a while. since It's been a been bad a time for Bonnaroo because their uh, their numbers went down like crazy. Yeah, I saw the overhead. Uh, this year probably oh was. Well, hey, don't put U2 as your biggest well, act. My, yeah, my brother was talking about it today. They said U2 suck this weekend. Well, they suck, but the whole thing is, who likes U2, really? It's an older crowd. Their target demo is not showing up to Bonnaroo. That's what I'm saying. They're not mm. going to show. Old people aren't going to show up and sit around the dirt and be hot and be surrounded by people. No, they're going to go home and listen to it on their, you know, on on their pristine audio recordings that they have. So, Which, by the way, they gave that album that everyone hates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> it was all if you had an iPhone, it was it was automatically downloaded into your phone. I mean, people who've had headline Bonnaroo before. I mean, Tom Petty was there, but that's that demo. That's the music festival demo. Yeah. I love me some Tom Petty, but I'm not about to go to a music festival to hear him. I'd rather, you know, Kanye try. West. Kanye he, is, yeah, he that would make sense. He was there. Uh, Dave Matthews four years ago. <laughs> I'm surprised to see Mayer not go there. Uh John Mayer. Yeah, them, them he white, would. Them he white would. women love them some John Mayer. Hey, this white boy loves John Mayer. That's my favorite artist, hands down. Look at that look, Danger. Is this real you. life? This is real <laughs> life, sir. Man, because when I was in high school, I like, like John Mayer. Like you who, like whiskey. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, the people that that like John Mayer when I was in high school was always like kind of like the really like the smart girl, like John Mayer. I'm the smart boy that you knew. How long ago did he say he didn't like he didn't read? That was what ten minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that was like y'all can't read a ago. bit. It's a bit. It's all. A sh- it's not a shoot. It's a work. <laughs> all of this is a work. Just remember that. <laughs> so I'm looking back here, 2006 Bonnaroo, Radiohead, Tom Petty, Beck. Phil Lush and the Friends. I have no idea who the hell that is. But Radiohead, Tom Petty, and Beck. That's that's, that's a solid... That's a music festival lineup. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nowadays, it's really becoming like the EDM styles, right? It's got to be better than big. that... Uh, what was the oh, what was the one that Ja Rule did? The Fire Festival. Fire Festival, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That, that was... I still can't get over how bad that was. How Blink-182 that... was heading, and, of course, Ja Rule. So it was 1990s. I don't think we ever talked about Fire Festival as it happened, actually. Not that I mean we should. I'm just saying we never got around to it. Ooh, attendance was 400 plus for that, by the way. Yeah, and they were they they were served white bread sandwiches with cheese and and tomato, and that's <laughs> and it was they pay, you know, they what, didn't even build their stuff. See, I, there was funny because what was the? Can you look at the price that like the mission? It was like four thousand dollars a ticket or something crazy. Yeah, it was for VIP experiences. Essentially, they were they were selling a kind of a um, an intimate concert essentially there's gonna be a lot of instagram models there and yeah it was like one yeah. of those yeah it was all social media based basically but there was one guy who won won tickets from his boss or i don't know he won tickets but he was just an average guy average working guy he said it was the best thing to see all these rich people struggling like with hunger just, game stuff like yeah with, <laughs> well what that's the thing he said it wasn't that bad it was just they had to carry their own luggage and they were literally there, he, said, he said he saw girls just crying because they were having to carry their own bag or so, stuff like that <laughs> he said he had the best time. He said he didn't care. He didn't see any music. He just had the best times of of just 
watching these people. Imagine if we went to that because we're used to, you know, we're from we're from Middle Tennessee. All right, dirt is kind of a reality here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've all covered high school sports in one form or another. Mm. You're used to hardship at that point. Yeah, I mean, you're used to concession stand food. You know what? And, yeah, had we gone, like I said, that guy he had a great time because there's swimming pigs there. I would have been gone just to see the swimming pigs. That's yeah. cool to me. Is that not cool, y'all? Y'all like swimming pigs? That's fine with me. I mean, <laughs> so I'll, this is a pro swimming pigs pro- podcast, yeah, right? I'm great, apparently. Man. Well, Brian's not. That's a that's a teeter totter. I like answer. that the tents look like something from Interstellar over the fire festival. If you look at the fire festival well, pictures, that that's the thing. Great. You know what? It, you know what? They, they were just emergency relief tents. That's what they ended up being. <laughs> emergency relief tents for for people with for rich people who couldn't their wrists couldn't hold their luggage. Exactly. Man. So I'm, I'm pulling By it choice, up. though. <laughs> I'm pulling it up here. Uh, the ticket sells here. Let's see here. Seventy five thousand for. Let's see. Last year and this year, forty five thousand for Bonnaroo. Yeah, it went down significantly. That's Obviously, because of the Preds. Not well. And CMA fest. And bad because I, usually Bonnaroo is what the week after. No, it's the same. same it's the weekend. same weekend. They always do the same weekend. I never. This is like the first time I've ever heard this. Usually, have, it's you, like a week after. Well, you usually close your ears to like popular stuff, don't you? You don't like you don't like LeBron. You don't like Tom Brady. So why would you like? Because they're Bonnaroo? a bunch of jerks. That's See, why. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate people who are a bunch of jerks. That includes <laughs> what did Tom Cosby. Brady do to you? He's a jerk. Oh. LeBron's a jerk. Sidney Crosby's a jerk, <laughs> and I don't like him, so they can kiss my rear end. You're right with Chris. I'll, I'll agree with you on Crosby, but LeBron, what did what did LeBron do to you? Just because he wins? Uh, anyway, this is a whole other topic. This is the reason why I don't watch so, the NBA. Okay, so let's, let's, let's the reason why I don't listen to Bonnaroo. <laughs> let's do this real quick. So, if you were gonna if you're gonna be booking Bonnaroo next year, what kind of acts would you bring in? Chance the Rapper heading it. That'd be your headline. Who would be your headline? I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you. I would boo Chance the Rapper. I would put Flume up there. I would put. Uh, I would try to add one in old head. I would do like a Dave Matthews or somebody like that. I don't you know Fish maybe. Uh, and then I would try to like tail it off with a lot of just string band stuff. I would do some. I would put. In, I would bring in Willie Nelson. Yeah. Because I mean Willie's kind of like an afternoon you know thing. Willie played Woodstock. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like you can. You know, and let's face it, it's Bonnaroo. There's, you're going to get a contact buzz as soon as you open up your truck door. Can he mm. even still play? Does he still play Willie? music? Willie? Oh, yeah, yes. does he? I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. It opens up every show with Whiskey River. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Okay. Well, that, 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 that's why you love him. Yeah. I thought, I mean, <laughs> Kanye is kind of a, just a safe bet. Kanye will draw a crowd. Yeah. And plus, you may have Kim there. Come on, that'll draw a crowd. If you're going to be booking it for just like the like the monetary of it, yeah, I'd go that route. Man, but that's a mess down there. I hope they get this sorted. But let's move on to happier things because it is now time. And now it's time for five tough questions. Brought to you by your ad here. For dynamic sponsorship opportunity, please contact Zachariah Williams at WNSR. Number one. The New England Patriots got their new Super Bowl rings, and they have 283 diamonds as part of their, its construction. Well, it's, br- it's, it's brilliant. Obvious, obvious shade at the 28-3 comeback. So, gentlemen, <laughs> let's start it with this. Question number one is, what is your favorite episode of that subtle, subtle shade that you've seen in sports? Oh, man. Uh, give, us, give us yours so we can think of it. I'll give bit. an uh, Allen Iverson stepping over to Ron Liu. 
uh, during the NBA Finals. That's a good one. Uh, you know one that's kind of always been a thing is the, the Crybaby Cry Baby LeBron uh, posters. You know, the, the big he- yeah. fat heads that mm-hmm. are constantly showing up. I've, all, I've always enjoyed that. I don't have one. Ugh. Athlete on Athlete Shade. Oh, athlete on Athlete? Athlete on Athlete Shade. Uh, maybe, man. Uh, Earnhardt saying, you know, Earnhardt was uh, was railing on the uh, like these extra safety precautions and everything about how you know other drivers could play in the car was going too fast about restrictor plates and you want to race, you want to race. Yeah, that was always good. Yeah. Well, he always liked to say when he spun someone out like Terry Labonte in Bristol in '99, he said, oh, "I didn't mean to wreck him. I meant to ride out his cage, though." That was his saying all the time. But everyone knew, everybody in the stands knew what he did. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, Westbrook did the uh, uh, the the, mm-hmm. the cooking thing that to Harden when he played him once. That was good. That was a good one. In the regular season, I want to say it was something like that. It may have been in the in the, in these uh, playoff playoffs. Jeez. That was good. Number two, the Vanderbilt Commodores baseball team was eliminated over the weekend by Oregon State in the Super Regionals. The Super Regionals right now are currently getting wrapped up. So I had a lot of fun watching the MS- the Mississippi State and uh, LSU game question is which would you rather see in person a college baseball super regional with two teams that know each other and hate each other like lsu and mississippi state or just a series in the mlb doesn't matter who doesn't matter who yeah i'd rather go to the the college yeah because it'll mean more yeah really the only time baseball series would mean more would be in the playoffs yeah i think it's fair royals did just uh beat the astros though i'm glad that they recently they ruined their uh streak and that feeds into number three. The New York Yankees right now seem to be following the uh, Chicago Cubs slash Houston Astros model of uh, sucking their way and rebuilding and now spending money smartly. Building young, competitive teams, no sign of backing down. The Yankees, sorry, folks, they're going to be good for a while. Chicago Cubs, going to be good for a while. The Astros, probably going to be good for a while. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, the Dodgers and the Angels, they've spent a lot of stupid money on free agency. question is... Do you believe this will lead to a decline in baseball free agency spending? Yes. No. No? <laughs> it's baseball. <laughs> no, they, I think they I, piss money. <laughs> yeah, they may do that, but they'll wise up because the way Moneyball is pretty much in every baseball organization now, so everyone's going to start spending more money wisely. So if they're going to get a under the radar type of free agent, says, well, he hasn't broken out yet. His stats lead, he could probably break out. All right, we're going to get him. Instead of paying, like, I don't know, Bryce Harper $500 million over, like, 10 years. Which the Yankees are going to do, by the way, when he becomes a free agent. Uh, I still think he goes to Chicago, sir. No. I think he goes to either L.A. or L.A. (laughs) Sorry, they think Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. There we go. I don't think they're above spending for that. The Angels, Angels, the Angels. Number four, (laughs) Mike Milbury was subjected to the wrath of an angry fan base in Nashville on Sunday. Mike Bilberry is the color, is the studio analyst for NBC Hockey, and he needed protection both before, after, and during the game. If you search Mike Bilberry Nashville, you'll probably hear the audio of, the, of one of the Predators fans telling him to get the F out of Nashville. Yes. Beers to that guy. <laughs> if you had to pick, who would be your least favorite studio analyst on a national broadcast? I know Brian's got one already probably lined up. This guy loves hating people. <laughs> who do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Probably who's the biggest? Uh, Skip Bayless. No, nah, he's, he's not a studio not, analyst. He's not a studio oh, analyst. Studio, well, okay. Um, I go with Collinsworth. 
Chris Collinsworth? I think that's a good one. Yeah, I've never liked. He does him. more play by play, but he does do some studio work for NBC. That's yeah. good. I don't know. I don't. I, Millberry. <laughs> Millberry. Now it is because I've just never had that. I've never had that hate for this because I respect. I respect the art of it, and I and now I, I finally found someone who's just like I, I don't. I really don't like Michael Wilbon on the uh, on the ESPN side. I feel like that the, the once you see the TNT coverage of basketball, how much more fun that is. Compare that to. Michael Wilbon, who just wants to beat you to death with a book. I hate Gruden, Gruden's grinders. Oh, gosh, John Gruden. Yeah. This guy right here. Yeah. He yeah, loves everybody. Yeah. yeah. No one's a bad player. Collinsworth, he just says, oh, this guy's doing great. You're doing crap. And then he flip-flops like in the second half. I really like Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper and uh, Dari Nelka, their show on ESPN Radio, very, very good. More, I'd like to see more Mel Kuyper. Just saying. Finally, number five, given the poor execution of the play will now forever be known as The Whistle. By the oh way, my your, gosh. your thank you, thank you, Dan, everybody. I named that. And how oh, it, you named it? Yeah. <laughs> you trademarked it? <laughs> yeah. And how it shaped the game. This is the question that's going to be asked across Nashville sports this week. Let's get our shot in here. Where does the game six, The Whistle, rank in your all-time sports blunders? Number two. Number two? What's number one? Oh, blunder. Sorry, I thought... Blunders. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, like, heart hurting. Yeah. Well, what hurt more than that? <sighs> the one yard short. Nah, I say that one was above the one yard short. Really? Yeah. I think this hurts more because... I mean, it was one of those deals where, like, the Titans didn't score on that play. The Titans shouldn't have got a touchdown for that play. Well, that we were one yard short. A, that should have been a goal. Frank Wycheck was wide open in the back right. Yeah, he was. Uh. <laughs> But as far as blunders go, uh, game one, game one of the the ice skate on Forsberg. That was pretty bad. But that, yeah, you know. I mean that's up there just because this is worse, in my opinion. This is worse because there, there's negligence. We still had hope then. There's negligence, you know, as far as like they didn't even bother reviewing it, and it was clearly a goal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the worst probably though, worse than this would probably be the uh, Seattle Green Bay game with the scab refs. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Touchdown Celtics, I remember that. Yep. For yeah. me, it would be uh, 2012 uh, NL wild card between St. Louis and Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. Chipper Jones's last game, oh, pop yeah. up into the outfield, like midway into the outfield. Cardinals players they don't make the catch, but they call it an infield fly rule. That is not an NFL fly rule. It's in the outfield. No, I'm it, sorry. It was even past. You know how it was like they'll trace like the the uh, trace the dirt like one or two uh, passes with the mower. It was even past those. Yeah, that it was, was terrible. Bad. That was a bad call. That was bad. That's why I don't like the Cardinals, gentlemen and uh, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to listen to a lot of tough sports radio this week. If you're choosing to listen to us, you probably listen to other shows as well. Keep your heads up out there. There's a. I really mean it when I say the Predators. There are better days ahead for the Predators. And this was a lot of fun, uh, as far as this whole ride for the uh, for the Preds to the Stanley Cup Final. And I have a feeling they'll be back there again before we're all old men at the bowling alley or the batting cages. Enjoy it. Enjoy what happened. Because you know what? It was a beautiful thing in Nashville. Nashville truly hasn't got to feel something like this ever. Mm-hmm. And you can really say that because even if Titans win the Super Bowl, it's a one and done. They haven't had the elongated. We went down. We went up. You know the, that whole thing. It was a what a two month long journey to get to that point. It was, and, and it was it was a hell of a job. And a hell unlike, of a job by the Preds. And unlike the Titans Super Bowl, where it was a one year wonder, Nashville had a, about eight years to wrap their arms around this team, and has built and built and built to that moment. So, 
don't know. I, uh, there was there was a little bit of a little bit of dusty tears right here about last. Not not yeah. full on waterworks. Not full on alligator. Not full on, you know. The release. Not full on Tim the... Tebow crying on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, you, Tim. It, it was the release. But hey, we thank you for listening to episode seventeen in the books. Give us a follow on Twitter at After Dark Sports. Also follow the homepage at Nash Sports Radio and follow at Zachariah W. At Brian Robertson underscore at Dandy Bradley. This. After Dark Sports, we're out.